Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Tuesday, Takes on Takes edition of the show. Looking through these, Kyle, people are hitting the panic button a little bit on some quarterbacks and coaches. I've never been more ashamed in my entire life to be a Cincinnati Bengals fan than I am right now. They let me down last night, Joe. This is the first time all season I've actively rooted for a team to win a football game. What and happened? the Bengals got stumped. I'm sorry. But the Bengals are legit bad. That's what I said to you earlier this morning. I said, <laughs> I came away from that game and I, I said, the Bengals legitimately do not do anything well. They don't even do anything good. They're terrible. They are a horrendous football team. Sad. I like some of their pieces on defense, but. But the good news, the shining moment, I don't know if you saw this. The game last night inspired me to buy a ticket to Tuable. I'm going to Tuable. Yeah, I told you I'd go with you if the Bills play on Saturday that week, which is a possibility. My only concern is it's week 16. The travel is extremely close to Christmas. I did not look at flights before I booked this trip. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it may be a little more expensive than what I thought it was, but the ticket was fairly cheap. Joe, I could buy you a seat anywhere in that stadium. I guarantee we could sit next to each other. Yeah, should be no problem. As, uh, As usual, plenty of good seats available at Joe Robbie Stadium. Hard Rock Stadium. Thank Joe Robbie. Joe Robbie. All right. So uh, first order of business for me, Joe, is I have I have the random list generator with all of the two people who decided they wanted to take me up on my offer for free money bet. How do we how do we know the integrity of this drawing is legit? I can do a screenshot, if you'd like, of the random list generator. Which you could continue to reshuffle until it gives you the fa- the outcome that you want. You can listen to the click. All right. Can you just say on my honor and I'll believe you? If you'd prefer that way as well, I can do that. Yeah, you good. I, I trust your integrity. Whatever happens, happens. Actually, here you go. This list, the, the random list generator, mm-hmm. tells you how many times you've randomized the list. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I trust the integrity. Let's go. So what? I've taken a I've taken a, a picture, a screenshot of it says you've randomized this list three times. So I'm gonna reset it and I'm gonna do it over again. Okay. Okay. So you've already been trying funny business on the back end. No, I'm just experimenting with it. All right. It's Patrick Brown, Patriots fan. Oh, come on. This guy's a pa- Patriots fan. And Joe Marino, this Buffalo guy- Bills fan. The Listen, with all of the thousands of downloads that we get on this show, I had two people who decided they would like free money. What is wrong with you people? I don't understand. 
I literally said, I'll pay your bet. And I got two responses. One of them's from my own freaking co-host. <laughs> Look, I didn't have that bet until you reminded me of the line, like literally like three minutes before kickoff, and they had dropped it down to like 36 and a half. I'm like, I'm taking half, it. Yeah. You're like, the Ole Miss's backup quarterback's in. I'm like, I'm taking the bet, and then I'm going to cash in if I'm wrong. I got all fired up when the Ole Miss backup was in. I said, I dude, this is stealing money at this point. Yeah, didn't work Little out. did we know the Bama linebackers are not good. All or right. maybe some of us knew that, but not to the degree in which we saw in Alabama conceding 31 points. It's so funny, Joe. Yep, yeah, 20 bucks. Joe Marino, Patrick Brown, random list generator. Randomize the list. Joe Marino is number one on the list. Oh, wow. Oh, Joe wow. Joe Marino has won the free money. Now, I feel really slimy doing this. You do? What? You don't know what I'm going to do with the $20 yet. I know, but it's it's that's it's the premise. Yeah. Of of my my podcast partner has won the free money bet when I had somebody else who didn't. Listen, I'll do something with that twenty dollars. You know what you can do with that twenty dollars, Kyle? You can what go can to the TDN store and get the draft day every day merch from this is the why draft. You've day. been pushing this. Yeah, I always you wanted to buy that shirt with this money. I've already bought my shirt. I'm going to buy someone else's shirt. By someone else's at twenty bucks. Very I don't know how I don't know who it's going to be yet, but I'll figure it out by the end of the week. Well, I already have your information, Patrick. I'm going to not allow Be- Joe to submit his bet slip next week. So keep betting. Bro. <laughs> Am I officially disqualified from this? Going forward. All right. I'm honored to be the not, first winner of this, though. I did not specify. I feel ashamed. Let's get the takes on takes. Yeah. Let's hope. Uh, let's hope that you don't have many of these drawings in the future. All right. <laughs> I need to give you the first one. All right, I'll take the because first. Because I don't want the second one. I've already had a discussion with Josh Otter about Yeah, but then he called me out, so we're dealing with it. All right, cool. So I'm giving you the first one, or you're giving me the first one? Depends on if you want the second one. Well, it's towards you, so you should defend your right. honor. Go ahead. So you get this one. Vontel yes. says, Jake Fromm will either be a Viking or a Titan after mm-hmm. the 2020 draft. Really mm-hmm. lame and safe, but I think it's very possible. Listen, I think – stylistically from makes a lot of sense for both of those teams based on what they have now. Would you agree? That's a fair assessment. Yeah, it's a fair assessment. Yep. But the the question is, shouldn't the Vikings and Titans want something different? Bingo. With their next quarterback. If Mike Zimmer stays, I could see from being a logical fit, assuming from comes out. But, Joe, I'm going to take the field here. <laughs> I like always it. take the field thanks to Joe Marino. So there's two parts of here, two parts of this that forced me to take the field. We don't know for sure if Fromm's going to be in this draft class because Fromm hasn't played bad, but he's not lighting the field up like Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts are right now and Tua Tonga Viola and – Justin Herbert, who's having a career from a completion percentage, and you know people are down on Herbert because he lost to Auburn playing with third string wider shoot. Like I don't care. Like he's still really good. And then the fact that there's also thirty other teams that could feasibly take Jake from, give me the field. Give me the field. Josh Otter <laughs> said Joe is not allowed to talk about Tua until he can learn to pronounce his last name. It's Tungo Viola, not Tago Viola. Tattle takes. Takes on takes. 
Learn something every day. To which I say, first of all, Josh, big uh, taking a big L there for your first <laughs> attempt at calling us out on this. Uh, he was super cool about it. Yeah, I know he was. You, was you missed it on social. Josh, Josh's initial take was, I am not allowed to say it because he thought it was pronounced Tago Viola and not Tungo Viola. And then you responded with the video of Tua showing everyone how to say his name. To which I would, Josh, about this, like I respect what, what you're doing here. I don't think I say his last name. I, I say Tua. I don't know that I ever really say his last name because I, I host Locked On Bills, man. And people get so pissed at me because I can't say the Bills punter's last name. So I just call him Corey B now. And, and that's it. It's Corey B and it's Tua. I, don't, I, I know that people get fired up about pronunciation. And I, uh, you know, Albert O, right? Not Okuwegbunam. And who was that? Uh, Amani. You crushed o. that. You crushed that. Yeah. Be, after we had like a, a hooked on phonics section about it one time. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's uh, Amani O. Remember Amani Oruarie? I just said Amani O the whole season. I, I've learned through a bazillion podcast that if I can't pronounce a name, then I'm not going to do it because it's too easy of a piss off point for people. Dr. Kyle. Doctor, not Dr. Kyle, just doctor. He's back again this week. He says the Dolphins will manage to win three games this season against the Jets, Skins, and Bengals, giving them the third overall pick. The plans to draft a franchise quarterback will be foiled when the Skins draft Tua at one and the Bengals draft Herbert at two. I don't see this happening, and I think if Washington gets one, I think they'd be willing to make a deal with everything Miami has to trade. Oh, yes. I would hate to see that materialize for from a Miami perspective. But Miami's got five ones the next two years, including one that's two picks behind with a team that technically doesn't need a quarterback. So you can trade back from one to three, pick up a first-round pick in each of the next two years and still get Chase Young? You mean to tell me you're not doing that? Right. So... Here in itself, uh, the Dolphins will manage to win three games against the Jets, Redskins, and, and, and Bengals. Um, I, don't, I don't know, Joe. You remember when I did my mock draft and I predicted everybody's records? Mm-hmm. I was told by numerous sources that I lost all credibility as a football analyst because I predicted the Dolphins to win two games. <laughs> what side is it, Kyle? I don't know. They ain't winning any games, brother. You had nothing no. to worry about. No, they they might steal one somewhere along the way. They might steal one, but I don't. The, I mean, the coaching staff is like deliberately not making adjustments in game. They come out and like they look really good for their first like fifteen offensive plays each of the last two games. Like they went down, scored a touchdown on Dallas, uh, or almost scored a touchdown on Dallas. Uh, drive fell apart on them because of penalties, and they went down and scored a touchdown against the Chargers. First possessions and second possessions have been very good for Miami. The second half, I think Miami's been outscored 81 to nothing. They're not adjusting. And I think there's a reason. (laughs) Because they don't want to win football games. (laughs) Mr. Thick Boy says, with Matt Ryan playing at the end of his prime in this last contract slash deal, Lincoln Riley is the perfect fit for the Falcons out of all the teams that suck. This is a great take because Trevor literally just wrote about this today. He did, and I loaded I loaded up that article, anxious to see what teams he put in there, and I was quite surprised to see the Falcons in there. Um, maybe I still need to come to grips with the Falcons being mediocre or below average. Um, you know, if Lincoln Lincoln Riley's going to come to the NFL 
it's going to be either an environment where it's not, I don't think it's going to be like a huge turnaround or it's going to have some quarterback that just, you know, a Baker or a situation where he's going to get a guy where, you know, it's a match made in heaven. I don't know. Like, I feel like Atlanta's definitely committed to Matt Ryan. Is Matt Ryan the type of quarterback that's really going to mesh well with Lincoln Riley? I mean, I guess any quarterback will, right? What does Lincoln Riley say? If your quarterback, if your system isn't quarterback friendly, then your system's bad. Like, you know, anyone should be able to execute in it. And certainly the receivers there are interesting, but are we really at this point now with the Falcons where we're thinking new coach? I mean, I think that's where I get curious because we we're going to talk about the coaching carousel a little bit later here in the podcast, but I almost feel like the candidates are maxed out and you have to like, you have to really think you're going to get a guy that's better than what you have. And you've seen that this team can win with Dan Quinn. I'm a little hesitant to believe that Atlanta would be the destination for Lincoln Riley. Joe, the Falcons are in trouble, man. They're one and three. Their next four games are at Houston at Arizona. Okay. Uh, LA Rams, Seattle Seahawks before the bye. And then they get Drew Brees coming back. Uh, off the bye week in New Orleans the following week. Fire fire Dan Quinn, but you better believe you're getting Lincoln Riley. Because if you're just going to go for Mike Pettin or Dave Tube. Man, what the hell did Mike Pettin do to you? You've thrown this poor guy under the bus three times in two days on this podcast. I, I can't remember what executive it was that I follow <laughs> on Twitter. Like some former executive was like, Mike Pettin's going to have his choice of jobs after the season. Was I'm it like, Don, was it either Mark Dominic or Joe Banner? One of those guys like that. I can't remember who it was. And and since then I'm like, holy crap. Like that's the big ticket this year for coach. There's been so much co- turnover with coaches. It's like <sighs> the barrel's pretty dry. I don't know, man. I don't know. All right, uh, Trevor Joseph says, with Kirk Cousins severely underperforming his contract up to this point, the Vikings will be forced to spend a 2020 first-round pick on a young whippersnapper to replace him. Hashtag Joe vocabulary for Joe. Hashtag takes on takes. Trevor's the best, man. There's a 100% chance you know what whippersnapper is, right? Yeah, but it's the, of course, I used it in the podcast yesterday. Were you here, Kyle? I can't keep track, man. I can't remember what I had for breakfast. And that's why Trevor put hashtag Joe vocabulary for Joe. He was putting it back on me. First round pick for the Vikings. Well, I guess here's the question. Where are the Vikings going to pick? I don't know, 15 to 20? Hard to see them making the playoffs with the way they're playing right now, right? I mean, the the – the passing defense is so abysmally bad. Which is crazy because they just came off a big win against the Raiders. This team's Jekyll and Hyde. This team is really bipolar. Um, rest of the schedule. They got Giants, Eagles, Lions, Redskins, Chiefs, Cowboys, Broncos, Seahawks, Lions, Chargers, Packers, Bears. This team's now two and two. Yeah, I mean they'll they'll be picking. I think fifteen to twenty is a pretty good prognostication of where they're going to go. How's that for some vocabulary for Joe? No, Kyle, I I know the word prognosticator because your boy is a big fan of the movie Groundhog Day, oh. and pa- Puxatani Phil is the prognosticator of prognosticator. Little known fact here, Kyle, I've always wanted to go to. 
Puxatawney, Pennsylvania for Groundhog Day to be part of that. Let me tell you, you're not missing anything. I want it at all. It's in the middle of nowhere. I know, but I've been to the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, and had a good time uh, this past May. I don't know if you remember. That was different. You were in Amish country, and you went to Shady Maple. Right. I anticipate Shady Maple. I anticipate the Groundhog. What a great tradition. There's no Shady Maple. Listen. Listen, Are you in or not? Yes, I'm in. That's fine. But I'm also out on the Vikings drafting a quarterback in the first round. I don't think the numbers will match up well for them. Look forward to our trip to Puxatawney. Uh, at the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, watch some football, game-winning touchdowns, two-minute drives, running backs going down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more win- ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better sports line than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, so do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag today. They are the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should too. Wouldn't be telling you guys to go with them if they weren't the best. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Kyle, what is this? Um, this one goes to me, right? From Arista. Yes. Yeah. From Arista. Uh, and this is a quote tweet. So the Kirk Cousins below, that's the quote tweet, and then his take is on top of that. Okay, so his take says, here's a take I have. It's a little spicy. Jay Gruden will be the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings in 2020. And this was in response to a tweet somebody else had sent that said, Kirk Cousins, three years, 84 million. Stephon Diggs, five years, 81 million. Adam Thielen, four years, 64 million. Vikings, 31st in passing yards per game, 32nd in passing first down per game. Which, shame on you if you're behind the Miami Dolphins in passing first downs per game this year. (laughs) Uh, yeah, you know, if I'm the Minnesota Vikings, anytime you get a chance to reunite Kirk Cousins and Jay Gruden and their 26-30-1 record together in Washington, you got to do it, right, Kyle? No, man. Like, this is – I get that maybe you believe that Kirk Cousins was at his best with Jay Gruden in Washington, but I don't think that's a winning formula. I don't think that's the direction you go post Mike Zimmer, who's had good seasons as a head coach, but had a really difficult time finding the right offensive coordinator to complement what he does. And when he did, they lost him to the head coaching job in New York with Pat Shermer. I mean, yeah, I'm disappointed on on the way that Minnesota's defense is playing right now, but I'm not going from Mike Zimmer to Jay Gruden. To me, that feels like, uh, at best, a, a step in the same direction like it's not it's not a forward move it's probably a lateral move Jay Gruden is the epitome of mediocrity and below average football in Washington I have no idea why I'd want that to be my direction in Minnesota you don't I get why he thinks Gruden. it though you you don't want him as the new man on the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> where were you last night for that conversation hiding rooting for the Bengals so you wasting really my were. time is equally as everyone else in that chat. <laughs> TDN Slack was lit last night. That's all I got to say. But Kyle wasn't part of it. And it's, if TDN Slack is lit, usually Kyle's a big reason why. This guy was nowhere to be found. 
Uh, Charlie Gross, he says, with offenses trying to get the ball out quicker and quicker, do you think we will start to see the D emphasis of defensive linemen in the draft and more of an emphasis put on defensive backs and coverage linebackers? Mm, No, because I still think you can scheme to defend yourself from quick game a lot easier, right? If you just target guys who can play bump and run coverage or have quick transitional skills to sit at five yards and can kind of collision routes. And I think, I think at the end of the day, disruption of the quarterback, whether it's quick disruption, blitz disruption or organic disruption versus, you know, five and seven step drops. I think that will continue to be paramount because that's what the NFL prioritizes so much. I think where you will see more of an emphasis is not necessarily on full positions, but on the players like Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. Simmons Mm -hmm. feels like, you know, he he could very realistically be a top 12 pick in this year's class because of all of the things that he can do playing press coverage and turning and running with miles Boykin down the field in the ball game (laughs) last year against Notre Dame. Right. Right. Playing in the box, playing in the slot, playing deep set, like that versatility. I think, those versatile defenders, those quote-unquote positionless guys that we used to make fun of and be like, oh, well, I don't know if Miles Jack can be a, a linebacker at the next level. And all of a sudden he's you know, a very, very good pro linebacker and you see examples of these kinds of safety linebacker, hybrid tweener guys. I think you'll see a rise in them, but I don't think that will come at the expense of defensive line. Get Cam a stake, please. <laughs> said James Bradbury is a legit contender for second place in response to Joe saying Shaq Barrett is the defensive player of the year of the first quarter of the season. I I like this take. Um, Bradbury in a contract year has been playing lights out. I got some stats for you. He's got a sack. Um, He's been targeted 17 times in coverage this year. He's given up seven receptions. That's a reception percentage of 41.2. He's given up 96 yards and 13 yards after the catch on those seven uh, receptions. Uh, he has an interception, two pass breakups. The passer rating against his coverage this year, 35.4. He's been a really good corner this year. He's been a really good corner. I'm uh, certainly playing his best football right now. I think Khalil Mack is probably second in this discussion for me uh, behind uh, Shaq Barrett, uh, Jamie Collins, and Kyle Van Noy have been freaking unbelievable for the Patriots. He's in the discussion. I, I would say that he's in the discussion. I'm not going to sit here and say emphatically he's the number two, but James Bradbury has been uh, really good. And actually, his this guy's name of get a, get Cam a stake, please, is really interesting. There's been some stuff written about how Cam's inability to recover and some of his injury issues lately have been tied to his vegan diet. I'm not here to tell you that's true or not, but there's people that believe that. Uh, next one here comes from Glazers Out. You could put Andy Dalton into the Rams team, and they would look the same, if not better. Goff mm. is a quarterback made by McVay and his system. Interesting, right? Uh, isn't Dalton in McVay's system right now? Yes, and he didn't look like Jared Goff out there, did he? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, listen, the Rams have bad offensive line, too. We want to we'll sit here and talk about how bad the Bengals were, which we did earlier in the day. Uh, Rams' offensive line is problematic right now. And uh, anytime you have to throw 68, is that the correct number of pass attempts Jared Goff had this past weekend? 68 times Something in like game? that, yeah. yeah. It's not ideal, right? 
Jared Goff's kind of become like one of the, the, the public pinatas in football. And I like Jared Goff. I think he's got arm talent. I do think his life is made a lot easier by Sean McVay, which you saw what life was like before McVay got there. And Jeff Fisher was the head coach. But every successful quarterback is successful in part because of the system that they play in. And there, there's a lot of people that have the opinion that the Rams offense is just going to be turnkey and it doesn't matter who you put in there. Well, of course it makes a difference because there's timing and chemistry. And and even if those things are replicatable, they're not necessarily so easily replicated that it can happen overnight. Like we're, we're at a point with the Rams offense where Jerichoff has chemistry with these players, but the offense is a little stagnant because they can't seem to get the running game going. And Todd Gurley's getting six carries in a game and the offensive line can't pass protect effectively. So this roster has some flaws that I think are, are accentuating Jared Goff not being the most fleet footed or mobile or dynamic off script versus on script. But I don't think we should just brush Goff under the rug and say, well, he stinks. You could put anybody in there and take his place just fine. You think the Rams give Goff four years, $134 million, if Andy Dalton could do the job the same, if not better? No, I don't. I feel like they have a firsthand account of what Goff's impact is on this team. Right. All right. With Lincoln Riley having produced Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts looking so good now, how long before top high school recruits defensively start going to Oklahoma knowing they'll have an offense to win championships? Think I mean would wouldn't that be an appealing place for you to go if you were a defensive player? I, I'd want to go there, right? Uh, you're going to have that offense that's going to score points. It's going to put a lot of pressure on opposing offenses to match steps. You're going to be able to feast on a lot of erratic play, a lot of stress play from the opposing offense, and you can you know you can get some impact plays in that regard. Getting breaking on the football and sacks are going to be thrown a lot. So I mean, it's seems like those guys are having fun there in Oklahoma and. Now, some of those guys on defense, uh, uh, Kenneth Murray, Neville Gallimore, they got that new corner. That that true freshman corner looks unbelievable. Yeah, he does. so I think we're I think we're starting to see that. And uh, yeah, I'd want to go there for sure if I was a defensive prospect. It'd certainly be an appealing destination. Uh, JB seventy four says, if we don't get Bama Clemson five, it would be Bama that doesn't make it. This is a fun one. I tend to agree with that, but only because Clemson's schedule is so soft. I think their toughest game the rest of the way is, well, at South Carolina and Wake Forest. Right. And that's what I, that's what I mean. Like, if those are your tough games, like, not to take anything away from those two teams, they could easily lose one of those games or they could lose another game. I mentioned at NC State as a potential letdown game. Right. But – you look at the schedule Alabama has to play, and then you look at the schedule and compare it to what Clemson has to play. I'd probably take the team with the softer schedule to be more likely to make it in, even if they're not quite as as good right now offensively. Here's what's interesting to me about this discussion, right? We talk about the teams getting to the playoffs, but what if they get to the playoffs and don't play each other? Like, there's a chance they, they could be the two and three seed and they will have to play, but like, I'm not assuming that this is a one-two situation right now and that they both win a playoff game and then play for the championship, right? Yeah. Like, that's what's interesting to me because Oklahoma and Ohio State look so good right now, too. 
the seeding could really come into play here about not getting Alabama Clemson five, because then it becomes, all right, Clemson wins out, Alabama wins out, but then Clemson has to beat Oklahoma or Ohio state to play Bama. Right. And Bama has to beat either one of those two teams. I think that's the dynamic of the conversation that gets interesting for me. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. Uh, This is for you, right? I kind of want you to have this one. I'll concede it. I'll give you I the Trey Wing- I'll give you the I'll give you my take from Trey Wingo. Okay, all right. So um, let's just go in order here. You're getting this one from Ismael uh, Gomez. All right. This is fascinating. Is it crazy to think Miami would take a 2017 Browns-esque route and take a generational talent at edge and Chase Young because their roster isn't ready for a quarterback? Yes, it is crazy. Because the Dolphins are not going to sign themselves up to skip out on a quarterback for another year and inevitably be punchless on offense again and get have everybody get fired. Like, I understand that, that there's a lot of time and a lot of things can change between now and the actual draft. But Miami, every single report, including from the owner when he was interviewing coaches for the job in January, says the plan is for the Dolphins to position themselves to draft a quarterback with an early pick in the 2020 NFL draft. Chris Greer met with the media a week ago, two weeks ago, in the aftermath of the Minka Fitzpatrick trade, and said, our objective is to get this turned around pretty quickly. We hope to be a competitive football team as quickly as 2020. We've allocated a lot of resources. We've allocated a lot of draft capital that can give us the flexibility to, his words, not mine, do whatever we want in the 2020 NFL draft. We have nine figures in salary cap space available to us. Stephen Ross did not sign up for the Dolphins to not draft a quarterback. If the Dolphins skipped on drafting a quarterback and there's some Unforeseen circumstances. What if Tua goes back to school? Uh, what if Jake Fromm doesn't come out? What if Herbert goes one and the Dolphins don't have the top pick and you're left with, you know, do you want to draft Joe Burrow in the top? Five? Like, that's the only way that I could be like, okay, well, let's not take a quarterback. Let me ask you this. Um, let's be honest about where the Dolphins are going to pick in the first round. I think they're going to pick one. I think the Steelers pick will be eight and 12, between eight and 12. All right, let's go over in the middle, which is 10. And right. then the, the Houston pick will be what? Early to mid-20s. 20, 20 to 25. All right, let's call it 23. So they have 1, 10, and 23. Yeah. You take two at one. Yep. The, the Bengals pick two, and they pick Herbert. Number three is Washington. Would you give 10 and 23 to get to two and take Chase Young, or would you rather have the three players? That's a great question. I mean, it's it's legit, right? That's not, I'm not getting weird. That's a normal question, right? So, so would I rather have two and Chase Young and have to give up my late second round or late first round pick to get there? Or would you rather have Tua, Tristan Wirfs, and CeeDee Lamb or something like that? Whatever combination of three players. Hmm. And also, I'm, do you I'm, think ten, not, ten and – does ten and twenty three get you to th- to three? Probably not. What, what didn't? Uh, what did Miami give up in that Jordan uh, Dion Jordan deal? They went from like ten uh, to three. Yeah, it was they went from 
they gave up 10 to uh, two or something, something stupid. Yeah. I think they gave up like two second round picks and that was it. Right. I mean, different dynamics, that, right? Yeah, that, everybody... that, that was a terrible draft class and it was six yeah. years ago. So I think 10 and 23 would be reasonable, right? It's reasonable. Yeah. Would the you question, do and here's the problem. And here's where I have apprehension with your proposal. If you're going to draft two at one, and everything that I just said about why Miami can't not draft a quarterback at one, you you can't not surround him with talent. So it really hurts to take two first-round picks off the board that are not going to go to the offensive supporting cast around Tua. So if you could tell me I can get a blindside offensive tackle in Tristan Wirfs, and I can get, whether it's Yuter Gross Matos, as a pass rusher in the late 20s, or if Tyler Beattis falls, or Creed Humphreys there. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like if, if you're going to be what Miami is, to commit to getting a high draft selection, and then you take a quarterback, I understand best player available and Chase Young super dynamic, but don't you have to invest in the cast? A free agency will dictate it a lot. I mean, to me, to me I love the idea of Miami going... Um, to a offensive tackle wide receiver, and doesn't might not have to be in that order, but right. get one of these wide get get rugs, uh, Lamb, right, one of those types of players, and then make sure you get Worfs or Thomas or Leatherwood or look. Now here I, here's here's where I'll pivot on you real quick. Okay, if you can tell me, I can take ten and get to three with ten. 33 and one of my and the Houston's first round pick in 2021. I'll do that oh, deal in a heartbeat. Oh, no, I wouldn't at all. Why? I want that pick next year. Okay, then trade back from 25. Yeah, okay. Man, these are you're gonna have a long like how many months is this? Like seven, <laughs> seven and that's months? what that's what Chris Grubin he literally <laughs> said, he literally said in the press conference, we feel like we can do whatever we want. Yeah, And I don't think we've ever seen a team this loaded in a two-year window, at least not in the time that I've been working the industry. And the trade-back options really open up a whole other world of long-term flexibility, right? That's the one thing I wouldn't do. I don't think I would ever sacrifice that because you're going to have this number one overall pick quarterback and then all the resources in the world through the draft to build around him. It's probably never going to be a good idea to trade up, honestly. Right. Just keep stockpiling. This is a this is a process. You need to have as much young talent on this roster as possible, and don't sacrifice your opportunity. You to do you it. could feasibly with the position Miami's in every pick after every first round pick after the first two that they have this year, and probably their own pick next year, which will be a high pick again. You yeah. could turn every first round pick into two first round picks. Trade back and get one next year. Trade back and get one next year. Yeah, insane. All right, so Trey Wingo said, Cliffs, Kingsbury, Zach Taylor, Vic Fangio, and Brian Flores are all winless. The first time in 100 years of the NFL that four rookie head coaches have gone winless through their team's first four games. And I said this to you in our DM, this is not impressive because two of these four weren't qualified for their jobs to begin with. And one of the other two teams is openly tanking 2019. Um. 
I mean, it's impressive because it hasn't happened in a hundred years, the NFL, right? (laughs) So, um, but yeah, when you, when you look at the context of the situation, you're right. Cliff Kingsbury, Zach Taylor, not qualified to be coaches in this league. Ryan Flores isn't supposed to win. And Vic Fangio, that's like the one I'm like, man, what are you doing? (laughs) Literally chums out for the year. Like (laughs) they, they want it to be mediocre, mediocre. Good Lord. Mediocre. And um, <laughs> they can't even get there. So uh, it's yeah, I, I that's what that's what gives me so much hesitation about the next coaching carousel that is inevitable in the NFL. Who are you firing your coach for? They're gonna have to be college <laughs> guys. You cannot you cannot rehash guys from the pro again. The invent the 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 sample size that we have of guys going from college to the NFL. Doesn't show you a whole lot of impressive stuff lately. I think Matt Rule. Be- I think Matt Rule will eventually be a good hire. Baylor just extended him, so he's out for now. Lincoln Riley. Those are probably the first two phone calls I'd make. I wish we had a better idea or sense of what Lincoln Riley really wants to do. Right, and he's got he's got it made i would here's for me i I always think of like on the personal side of things if i were a coach that could coach wherever i wanted i would hate the idea of having to recruit sounds annoying as hell man could you imagine spending all your time convincing 16 17 year old kids to come play football at your school no the resources and time and energy in that jim harbaugh he's probably got a wife and kids he's going sleeping over people's houses to get a kicker like that's just not going to be man It's not going to be me. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be 45 years old, 50 years old, and doing that crap. Joe, our last take (laughs) from JJ. Props, JJ turned in himself. It's great. I don't know what we said about it, though. I hope we were right. JJ from August 13th said the Broncos will have a better defense than the Bears. Hashtag takes on takes. JJ on September 30th (laughs) quote tweeted himself and said takes on takes, tattle takes. Who would say such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> JJ, you're the man for this. Um, I had some concerns that Chicago would be able to just pick up and, and, and go, right? They lost Adrian Amos. They lost uh, Bryce Callahan. They lost their defensive coordinator, right? Like there was enough uh, change over here for you to get a little bit nervous about everything remaining the same. Well, uh, it looks the same to me, <laughs> right? Scoring touchdowns, getting sacks. Khalil Mack can't be stopped. Playing good, uh, good on the back end. I mean, uh, it's it's been impressive what Chicago's been able to do there with uh, with so much change, meaningful change, and still being a top defense. Let me ask you a question, real quick. Yeah. Do you know how many sacks the Bears are on pace to have this year through four games? Um, no, I don't. Give me a guess. Uh, sixty-four. Sixty-eight. They're on pace for 68 sacks as a team in 16 games. Astronomical number. And they still need a rusher opposite Mac. Right. Like Leonard Floyd's been kind of off and on, and when he's on, he's on. Dude, did you see that power, that bull rush he put on Bakhtiari? Yeah. Week Uh, one? You don't – yeah. That was a great rush. But with that said, yes, they still need more in the pass rush department. And they're on pace uh, for 68. Floyd's up after right. He's he's completely cuttable. His um, you can you can cut him and save a clean thirteen million off the the cap next year. So there's 
decision to be made there. Yeah. He's 27 years old. Like, I mean, it's a big year for him. Has to convince them to want to stay with him. Yeah, and I, I get that, but it's like I don't so easily forget about the previous three seasons, you know? Sure. The flashes have always been there. I think it's more more injury related with Floyd than anything, but I mean, just what what you have to pay these guys, man. Big 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 bucks, Joe. Yeah, big bucks. Big bucks for anybody who comes back and sees us again the rest of the week. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Draft Dudes. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Um, kind of like that would-you-rather dilemma you gave me, Joe. Maybe we can brainstorm like two or three of those and go through some scenarios, if you will. Uh, and then Thursday is uh, college football top 25 picks against the spread. So we get a good rest of the week coming up. Come back and see us. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.